Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Dave Barry who said, It's a known fact that beer drinkers will eat pretty much anything. Exhibit A is Slim Jims. You could put a dish of salted mothballs in front of beer drinkers, and they would snork them up. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to have a good time. What a show we have for you. Do you want to be the bacon editor of a new digital site, the best nonstick pan, and it's affordable, made of steel, fun party, food and drink, that and more coming your way. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, Mark Raymond, Plus, our special guests, we're going to join them later, Allison and Charlie Kreitler. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, Faith. All right, let's start with Robin has bacon news. I do. There is big news in the bacon world. I happened to catch an e-letter from Time, and it was an announcement for a new digital brand they have. It's called Extra Crispy. This is right up our alley, you guys, because it is a site devoted to breakfast and brunch. Ooh, I like it. 100%. It has recipes, videos, there are special sections on coffee, food culture, I'm sorry, not food culture, breakfast culture. I like it. Totally dedicated. It's a thing. It's It's an important meal of the day. Indeed. Bloody Marys? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And they are right now seeking for their digital brand, a bacon critic. So we're saying to you, uh, we've decided that you really should have first shot on it because (laughs) we, of course, all wanted to apply for this thing. (laughs) So we said, no, no, you you folks who are food schmooze people, you should have first shot at this. So be in touch with them, if Extra Crispy, if you want to get in there and be bacon editor. Thank you for that newsflash, Robin Doyen Aiken, our senior producer and a frequent contributor on the show. Alex Province, tell us about this wild new wine the color is oh, the blue wine oh my gosh i saw a picture of it it is blue 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 like our shirts i've seen <laughs> it i've seen it i haven't tasted it but i've seen it colored wine. so it's actually wine grapes grown in spain so it's like la rioja and la mancha in the south and a few different other regions and it's both red and white grape and what they do is they add anthrocyanin like a red the red pigment of grapes and they're able to make this juice like as neon blue as as this wall. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, how did, did, did you have any understanding of how they do that? It's all proprietary. It's six entrepreneurial guys in Spain that came together, and they're just trying to shake things up. So there's now red wine, white wine, so it doesn't and affect blue the wine. Taste. It's mm, just the color. It's slightly sweet. So okay. they're adding. This is um, interesting. They add a, a non-calorie sweetener to it. It's actually a sweeter blue wine. So if you look at it in the glass, it is. Is it food? Co- there are no additives besides. They're using the two colorants. One is a natural dye indigo, and the other is this dye anthrocyanin that comes from the actual grape skin. 
So it's natural. Oh, why, interesting. We, we, I'm sorry. I, you know I don't what? I'm, I'm having flashbacks of green ketchup. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you remember green no. ketchup? No. Oh, come on. With it green was tomatoes? For a while. No, no. no but it was, it there was, was a green it ketchup? Heinz did a green ketchup. For what? That, that's Earth I'm Day? Think, uh, no, they tried to for sell Earth it. And it tasted like ketchup. <laughs> your, your hamburger and, and green ketchup. And it was green. <laughs> was no, it made with, green, with bright green? Oh, yeah, I don't even was, remember. It was food colorings. and I don't know if they were natural or unnatural, but they, yeah, and I, I'm having the same I, I'm not really sure what the point of it. Stuff. Yeah, the you same just, thing with green ketchup. You just see a beautiful <laughs> wine glass filled with you know neon blue wine, and it catches your attention. So I think these guys are just trying to shake stuff up. There are a lot of Caribbean liqueurs that are aqua yeah you know you use them in cocktails and but so i don't know how they would use the wine as a cocktail base blue sangria sangria. yeah and maybe in bars this would work i don't know the question (laughs) is is it good and what's what's the dye doing in there i just just don't know i'm just a bottle and try i'm just wondering if it stains your teeth Oh, <laughs> nice blue teeth. Well, right, I so hope they've wanna, tested uh, yeah, that because that would be a definite it's, drawback. It's uh, G-I-K is the name of it. And G-I-K. I don't know if that's pronounced in Spanish like geek or geek or geek. I don't know. Okay, we'll find out. Geek yeah. is a likely suspect. Okay, come on. Let's. <laughs> so um, I wanted to give credit to uh, Cooks Illustrated. One of the things that we do here on the show, we call it the Food Cruise, and we go through all kinds of publications, uh, digital sites. We go to radio, to television, newspapers, everything you can possibly, magazines you can imagine. And we collect news, and we love to give credit to our colleagues who are really coming up with great things. So we have some great tips from Cooks Illustrated. We're going to do our round robin thing here. Uh, but starting out with a test that they did to find the best nonstick pan. And what's exciting to me about this is that it is a carbon steel skillet Very cool. and it's affordable. And so I'm very excited about this. We have this on our website, foodschmooze.org, if you can't remember the name right now. We have all been concerned about the pans we're using and yes. what's you know, what's off-gassing, what might go into our Chip food at high sure. heat, yeah. chips off. Yeah. There are towns that are suing the companies that made these pans because the water that they flushed out of the company has oh, poisoned wow. the wells of I don't know how many people. So... People are looking for, you know, what's nonstick that isn't made up of one of these weird chemicals, and we don't know what it does over time. This is a black steel round frying pan. I Chris, why, does, why do these steel pans, why are they nonstick? I'm not sure. They must be doing something with the steel because usually you have to season pans like that. So it's got to be something in the way they're finishing it. I'm really interested in seeing what it looks like and how it works and what they've actually done. Well, some of the pans they tested have mm-hmm. to be pre-seasoned. The way yeah. you would with a cast iron skillet. Yeah. Right. But my certainly my eggs don't slide out of my cast iron <laughs> no, skillet. No. Even mm. though people sometimes say that that's the case. But this they say, well, I'll read you what yeah, they yeah. said. So this is called a Matfer Bourgeat. It's a black steel round frying pan about 12 inches across. Mm-hmm. And the cost, these pans can often cost hundreds of yeah. dollars. I was going to say normally 70 80 90 $44. Uh, that's okay. Expensive. Wow. So it, here's what they're hearing with their testers' comments. This affordable pan had it all. Thick, solid construction, a smooth interior with no handle rivets to bump the spatula or trap food. That's mm-hmm. so true. It does yeah. do that. Yeah. An ergonomically angled handle and sides flared just right for easy access, but high enough to contain splashes. Stakes formed 
found a deep, crispy crust, tart tatin caramelized beautifully and released neatly, and fried eggs just slipped around That's in the, the pan. Huh. That's There's the test right there. There if it is. If the egg slides around. Yeah. Faith, are they doing other pans other than this one? Because I like my stuff to sort of match. Okay, so the <laughs> other... <laughs> the other pans that got an equally high rating is called Blue Skillet Ironware, and but its price is two hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, it got the same rating for cooking, nonstick, and ease of use. It's hand forged, but it's also built to work hard. It it, it arrives pre seasoned, that kind of thing. I don't, just don't know yeah. why you wouldn't go with a forty four dollar model with the same rating. Any enamel? Because that's what I've been using. I went back because all that nonstick stuff and the chemicals and stuff. Yeah. I went to enamel, but the problem is, is it chips? These yeah. are all carbon steel. Oh, see, that's interesting. So they really hold yeah. up, and the, you know the whole thing can go straight into the oven. That's another yeah. great thing yeah. about this. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, Matt but go to our website, Food Schmooze. Dot org and we'll tell you everything you need to know about that pan. Okay. It's almost time for party food that we have coming up. We do. We have a party food and drink, and we have a terrific, highly rated wine for $14, $15 mm. a bottle, thanks to Mark Raymond here, our senior contributor. So we're going to get that to you in just a second. Again, to Cook's Illustrated, we're going to do a round robin here of tips that they have come up with, and we picked the ones that we like the most that we've been gathering these for uh, months. Okay. Alex Province, go. All right. So I've got a cool one for really ripe peaches. So you use a muffin tin as a crate. So you can just store your little uh, ripe peaches in each individual muffin uh, oh, so well. And it keeps them, you know, keeps them from getting bruised. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and even on the way home from the supermarket, my peaches are bruised. So yeah. this is, Especially you know, I, or just even I'm when thinking, they bag them. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking, why don't I even keep one of these in my car? So any fruit that bruises like that, you can use a muffin tin as a separate. carrier. I, so I love that they did that. Uh, Robin Doyen Aiken. Okay, so when you are grilling burgers of varying doneness, from rare to well done, you can... <laughs> because um, your guests think you're a hotel or a restaurant. Yes, Go ahead. exactly. When you're doing made-to-order burgers, you can write the person's initials in ketchup on one side of their burger bun. And that's how you identify. Yes, with, you keep okay. the burger buns out. You write the initials and ketchup, and then and you know. And if you are that skilled as a griller, I'm arms <laughs> around you, I Absolutely. am impressed because I cannot <laughs> steak. I can kind of manage, but if I've got twelve burgers on there and one says "I'll have mine rare," "I'll have mine medium rare," <laughs> you'll have yours. I'll have it like yeah. this, and you'll like it. <laughs> shorter, <laughs> shorter, shorter cooks. Here we are. Right. Put on, put on a lot of condiments, is what I say, <laughs> and enjoy those. Okay, uh, Chris Press. All right. I like this one. This one is because I like recycling. And this is for making pancakes. And if you're like me, it drips from the second you get the ladle up and it drips all the way across the counter onto oh, the stove. The and then on the on the little griddle, you have little drops. Oh, I like those. I, yeah, I, I eat like those. eating them, but it's still a mess to clean up. And this tip is you take a, a used yogurt container, wash it out, right? And it's kind of flexible. So you put your batter in there and then you can pour right over the griddle. Perfect rounds, right? Because nice. it's because you it, squeeze the yeah, plastic because it's, container. It's, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it's, I love it. It's a great idea. It so, is a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Mark Raymond. All right, I've got an easy way to core jalapenos. So you take an apple core, and I love this idea because I've got a little story behind it. 
you stick the apple core into your jalapeno, and it takes out not only the stem, the seeds, but it also takes out the ribbing as well. So you go through the stem end. You go through the stem end, and you just like nice. right down cylindrical right through the uh, the heart of the uh, jalapeno. And you know, I'm one of those guys that I've always like accidentally like as I'm chopping up the jalapenos, I get a little on my hands, and then I go rub my eye, and uh, this completely takes that out of the game. All the heat yeah. and everything just. Disappears. You You don't have to worry about touching anything. It is a good tip. And my tip is about grilling frozen steaks. You can Mm. take a steak right from the freezer and put it on on the grill. They were saying it sounds like a bad idea. And you think it's not going to come out juicy or you can't control it. But they took thick-cut steaks and grilled them straight from the freezer, and they were just as juicy as uh, ones that they had thawed. They need double time on the grill. That's the only difference. And, Chris, I thought this was amazing. Have you ever tried this? Because no, but it would work. Would it I not char before it no, cooks through? No, because it's cold, and that will keep it from charring. Yeah, no, Maybe I mean, do, it, do you have it to makes use a specific sense. temperature, or can you go all the way up? Well, I yeah, love this you because you can, you know, say you're buying rounds of beef mm-hmm. and cutting the steaks yourself, wrapping them individually, putting them in the freezer. Or you bought steak on sale from your favorite place, mm-hmm. and you've got those individually wrapped and in the freezer. Or you just didn't get to use it, and you throw it in the freezer. Sure. Here you go. right. I've done chicken. I, yeah, am I the only one that's ever cooked on the grill frozen food? Mm-hmm. I've never done it. <laughs> Really? So what? You're pl- I've you done people- partial frozen. No, I've done I've done chicken totally right out of the freezer because you know people came over. There's nothing to eat in my house. Luckily, there was a couple chicken breasts in the freezer, and there's no time. And I don't like when you microwave it because I don't yeah, like the way it looks no. afterwards. And so I just took it and put it right on the. Gr- I oiled it up first, salt and pepper, and I oiled threw- the grill. Or no, the I oiled the chicken. I put a little seasoning on it. and I threw it right on the grill. I put the lid down, and then I went back a minute later. I didn't tell anyone. I was just like, sure, we have food, and put them on there. And lo and behold, it came out perfect because it's so cold, right? Because you think it's going to burn before it thaws. Now, you wouldn't be able to do a three-inch steak. Well, they did thick cut. Yeah, I don't know. But, they but don't yeah, say how yeah, thick. Yeah, you know, thick cut being like probably an, an inch, inch and a half, an inch and a half maybe two inches. Yeah, if you do a large, then maybe it'll still be frozen in the middle. But if you're doing, yeah, it would totally work. I'm just wow. thinking you have to have another category, rare or like frozen in the middle. Frozen in the middle, yeah. No, <laughs> this is right. still frozen yeah. in the middle. I'd say go for it and try it. Because like Medium I said, the, popsicle. The, it brings <laughs> a whole new realm to black and blue. Listen, nobody knew when we ate the chicken that I pulled it out of the freezer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't well, tell you. This is just a great tip for families. You, you think you come home from work and you say, yeah. oh, the Forgot one thing to. I was going to do yeah. is take out the whatever. Yeah. It, for me, it's the night before. I put it in the refrigerator, and I'll forget because I'm exhausted 11 o'clock at night. And so I, I forget. I'm th- I do this all I did it with pork tenderloin, and I roasted it in the oven. Same thing. Came home. I totally forgot we were having dinner. I totally forgot to pull the pork tenderloins out of the freezer. I, it was a two-pack, so I had to, like, chisel it apart. <laughs> and then I just tossed it in seasoning, put it on a little sheet, threw it in the oven, and roasted it. And it takes mm. twice the time. Yeah, right? it takes a lot longer, but, I mean, it, better than if you try to thaw it and then cook so it. So let me ask you, why <laughs> yeah. can't you just thaw it in the plastic bag in some warm water in the sink? The health department and everyone yeah. says it's a bad idea. No cold, warm water. Even cold yeah. water? Even cold water is not a good idea. Wow, okay, let's do the wine test. I can't wait for this because, yes, we have party food and party wine coming. The Kreitlers are with us, and um, they've been testing these things, and we've got a rhubarb spritz for a cocktail. 
But right now, this wine is such a value. It's just gotten a quite a good high rating. And for around, what is it? Mark Raymond, you found this. It's $14 a bottle or 15 $14 a bottle. It's completely organic. And it's from Argentina. It's a Malbec, which is great for this time of year when you're grilling. You put a little chill on it. And it's just loaded with beautiful dark berry fruit and plum. Just a subtle amount of spice to it. So fresh, so refreshing. This is and, and just velvety smooth. I just love this wine. I love it too. I would love it with grilled chicken, with grilled fish. We had it with a little pizza just a little while yeah. ago, and it was terrific. I put a chill on it and love it in the mm. refrigerator because it's, it's summer red. Comes uh, in a Stelvin closure, so it's easy if you want to take it to the cap. beach with you. <laughs> wine Spectator gave it a. It's called Kuma. Anyway, it's at our website foodschmooze.org and we tell you what to say at the wine store so that they can look it up in the book if it's not on the shelf. Absolutely. And And we're going to put it on Facebook. Each of these has a picture of the label so you can just read it and spell it to them over the phone when you call your wine store. And I'm not a lover of Malbec usually. I would not even have said that was a Malbec. You know how we're always talking talking about wholesome wines for $115? This is one of those wines. I would drink this all day long. So healthy and well made. Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah, with Right. Chill on. Well, maybe not all day long, but no, it is healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really yeah. stuck on yeah. that part, <laughs> okay. and I like it because it's not blue. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we have party food coming your way shortly. All right, more mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to feed the hungry. Those numbers are growing. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. Okay, hope that first bite of the food schmooze felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. You just sign up for it once at our site, and we'll automatically send you our show every week. That's how it works, and that means you can listen on your schedule. And also discover our delicious curated food, wine, events, cocktail recommendations. We love talking with you. Stop by often and say hi. We're always online at foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province, and Mark Raymond of Frederick Wildman and Sons Wine Distributors. Our senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. Coming up, we have party food and... And drink 
We have clams with chorizo and rice. We can't tell you how great that is and and how to make that so easily. But just a couple more words about the wine. Mark, I think we skipped over the part that this Argentine wine is made with organic grapes. Yeah. It's from a really unique area in Salta, Argentina, which is about three hours north of Mendoza. And it's an area that only produces about 3% of their total wine exports. So it's very small growing region, but amazing wines from this area. Really high growing. And because of the elevation, they're at about 6,000 feet above sea level. So really high wow. compared to the rest of the growing but regions of the world. That. Low humidity, and um, so they don't have to treat the, the vines with copper sulfate and other things to mm. keep uh, the fungus away. You get really pure grapes, and the, the juice that we get out of this is just fantastic. It really mm. is. So I'm taking a sip right now, and tell me what you all taste. Alex, mm. Chris, what, what are you tasting? I think, Mark, when you said that dark fruit, yeah, and it also has like beautiful like tannins, the stuff that sort of gives it a little um, grip to it. So yeah. for me, my mind's going to grilled food. I would love this with ribeye or yeah. great steak. Mm. Absolutely. The thing I like about this is that I do get that little plumminess on the back of my tongue. Yeah, there's definitely and, plum in here. And when you mm-hmm. have, when Alex talks about the tannins, that means that it has a little structure to the wine. So why do you want structure in your wine? That means up against food, it stands up well. It doesn't overpower the food, and the food doesn't overpower the wine. Right. When this is in the glass and sliding down your throat, you just think... This is a good quality wine. If you said to me $14 on this, I would say, no way. I really think right. that it's tasting like, and the experience of it is like $25, $30. Yeah. So it's a this great is value. Really, really terrific. Is. It's just like a mouthful of crushed red berries with that plum note to it. And then it just explodes with a little bit of spice on the finish. It's more on the dry side than on the super fruity side. Right. It's one of the reasons it goes with grilled food so well. I got yummy. You did? Yeah. So you you put this... um, That is a technical term. I put this in the refrigerator because it has enough character that cold, it will taste really delicious. Well, in summer, I really put my mm-hmm. red wines yeah. in the refrigerator. I mean, unless I they're really the expensive yes. for, you know, like hours. And then I yeah. pull them out and I just serve them cold like I do white wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's absolutely refreshing and delicious. Yeah. And I, I love don't that. put ice cubes past me. I would absolutely put ice cubes <laughs> in my wine if I want something cold. I'm with you totally. And and that chilled, right? Yeah. You could that would just be on the porch. You wouldn't even need food. Okay. This yeah. Malbec, this is one of the best we've yeah. had on the show for fourteen dollars. Yeah. And I think it was Wine Spectator gave it what an eight almost a ninety, right? Almost a ninety, eighty nine, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. summer um, wine. Good one. Great summer wine. Uh, So what to say at your wine store to make sure they can look it up in the book for you. It's on our website, foodschmooze.org. $14. Incredible bargain on the show. Alex, your mom, I can't thank her enough. I know you make this. And we have this recipe on our site. Chorizo, you know, the Spanish sausage, you can get it either cured, in other words, cooked, or uncooked. This is your mom's recipe, Alex, for chorizo. You would say uh, chorizo with clams and rice. How hard is this to do? Walk us through this. Well, the hardest part is just finding really good fresh clams. So if you're it's summertime, you're walking by a fish market, you see beautiful little neck clams, grab a couple pounds, and and you're halfway there. And they're everywhere now. 
They really are. You see them everywhere in the summer. That's why I love summer. This isn't so only easy. hours of paella, right? No, so and you can't mess it up. It's served almost soupy, so you're not trying to get the perfect toast on the bottom. You don't even need a paella pan. You really just need a, a heavy-bottomed, large saute pan and a stock pan to steam the, the little necks. And right. So basically, there's two ways of doing it. My mom would actually add the clam straight into the rice and oh yeah and i i love doing it that way but i was afraid with people listening that if you get sand inside the uh, inside Mm -hmm. the rice someone you know might be Uh turned off so this is a neat way of doing it where you steam the clams ahead of time in in, a spaghetti mm -hmm. pot yeah in a big sock pot bring it to a boil you steam them really fast as they start opening up you take them out so it takes Mm -hmm. about seven minutes and you take them out and put them off to the side now with that beautiful liquid you just created if there's sand you at this point can strain the liquid through cheesecloth or a fine sieve or coffee filter okay you save that to the reserved clam cooking liquid you're going to add your pinch of saffron and you're going to add enough wine to make it total three cups now This is the easy part. In a saute pan, you just do a drizzle of olive oil, and you can throw in your chopped chorizo, and you're just going to cook it like you would bacon. In fact, if you don't like chorizo, and I don't know who doesn't, but you could use bacon, or you could use another sausage, sausage, whatever sausage you have, or lardon or something, Mm -hmm. to let those render their oil, throw your onions in, finely chopped, your garlic, your green pepper, your tomato. Carrot. Carrot's kind of unusual, but it, trust me, it tastes so good. Yeah. Mm. And now you just sort of let this sweat until it's translucent. At this point, now you're going to add your three cups of liquid into, into on top of all that stuff you into just the sofrito that you just created. Bring it up to a boil. And now you're going to add your one cup of rice and you're going to let that cook for, you know, like 10 or 15 minutes uncovered. And at this point, you're going to throw your clams in for the last five minutes of cooking and cover it. In about five to 10 minutes, the rice will have absorbed most of the water, but you want to keep it sort of soupy. Oh, yeah. That's why three to one instead of two to one. That extra cup is what makes it soupy. I like that. want this. Take it off the heat, let it rest for five minutes, and you're going to stir in. And here's the secret ingredient, a lot of chopped flat leaf parsley. And you stir it all together. Can you make this for us? Oh, my gosh. Give me some bread. Chris. Give me some bread, <laughs> like, oh my oh, God. right? Alex. Do you know what I mean? You just put bread in there and soak up that this juice is, in the rice. It's oh. like one of the perfect vacation oh. dishes if you're vacationing around New England on the coastline. Oh, we yeah. cook it on you the just boat. Gra- yeah, you just go grab yourself some clams and grab some chorizo and some well, rice, and you're good. Ta- yeah, we've talked about this on the show before, this, this uh, multicultural. You see this mm. go across many cultures, the combination of uh, shellfish, with pork yeah. or sausage Bacon, or sausage. you know some some kind of something hefty that way and what a beautiful match that is you wouldn't think so i don't know who first did this i know the portuguese do it and, for sure and sure. It, there's got to be something to it because i i've been in now my third stop and shop and i saw the cured chorizo yeah. And you never see that in the supermarket. That's hey. usually specialty. And the yeah. Palacios, the good brand. I know, our favorite. Hey, do, now, can you use uh, pre-shucked clams that you might get at the fish market in a container instead of steaming them? Can you do sure. that? Sure. And what you would use now is um, you can buy really nice clam juice, yep. and you would use that mm-hmm. with some wine to cook yeah. right. you know, to Well, cook just the rice in case, sure. you yeah. know, there, you there are people who will say, you know, that makes me nervous to mm-hmm. do that. I don't know how to do it. And so if you you're in a vacation situation. You don't want to go searching around for. Do this. How about put shrimp in it? 
with that cl- same clam sure. juice and wine mixture and then throw shrimp. Oh, I'm even yeah. thinking, you know, oh. if you're at I, the I, fish I market, yeah. you see beautiful chunks of flounder or sure. some other nice yeah. white fish. At the last five minutes, you could put them up on top of the rice yep. and it and you know, only it. needs five minutes wow. to yeah. cook through. Okay, very excited about this. And this is from Carmen Province, Alex Province's mother, who is from Spain and now lives in Connecticut. And um, thank you so much, Carmen. I really, really appreciate you giving us this recipe. And Alex, thanks for thinking of this because it's easier than paella. Oh, good. And oh, yeah. And it is versatile and wow, I can't wait to have this. Maybe we can get Chris to make this for us on the show. Or maybe Alex mm. will have us over and make this for us. Maybe Carmen. On the boat. That's <laughs> Carmen yeah. will have us you over. You want my mom to make it. I still can't make it as good as she can. She's so good. Oh, this, you know, this gets to this idea. I'm really looking forward to our cocktail that's coming up in the next segment because it's a rhubarb spritz. Mm, and delicious. the Kreitlers are with us to talk mm. about that. This is going to be great. Some great party hors d'oeuvres and tastes for your gathering, you know, whether you're having just a couple people mm-hmm. over or even just for your own family, that party feeling, some easy things to do that are so delicious. But remember on the show years ago, we talked about this, and I'd like to bring it back, wrapping prosciutto around shrimp. Oh, yeah. And grilling it that way. This is so easy. You just buy sliced prosciutto at the supermarket. You can use packaged stuff if you've got it. And then with each shrimp, you just cut a piece, cut the slice in half, wrap it around the thing. And you can put a slice of basil underneath. We did. And then wrap the prosciutto around it. Uh, You could grill that or do it in a saute pan with Mm -hmm. olive oil. It gets a little caramelized on the outside, a little crispy, in other words. And then you just give three of those. You know, kebabs are too much work for me. They're falling all over the place. Oh, forget it. Just put the pieces on on the plate with whatever you want to put in. It's really good. always catch on fire for me anyway. This is so good. I just remember the Uh, taste Squeeze them with lemon, right? Oh, my gosh. Or lime, whatever you want. And I think that goes to your whole yeah. thing about pork and seafood again, right? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. an so, amazing so combination. Mark has a, a, just an amazing oven in what I call his man cave. He has this beautiful <laughs> cooking area off the side of his house with a gorgeous outdoor oven. And so, Mark, I'm thinking that you probably, I don't know how to cook in one of those ovens, but could you then just take that lineup of prosciutto wrapped shrimp with the basil leaf inside and just stick it in there? Would you oh, put yeah. it on a, a in a pan yeah. or would you on put little, it straight on the... I would put it right on a platter and, yeah. and put that in there and it would take all of maybe a little four or five oil. minutes. Like a metal platter, yeah. you yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. You have those. Yeah. And then the would wood you... Fired, f- the wood-fired oven gets up to like 800 degrees. So wow, and it's smoky so it in there. Yeah, and you get, it imparts this, the wood flavor, but it also, the heat sears so quickly. It uh. just... So you'd get a nice crispiness to the pancetta or the... So the way your thing works is the fire, like a pizza oven, is behind. All the way in the back. And then then, the heat coming from it is what is radiating onto the food with the smoke. Correct. On the stone shelf that's in front of it, which is clear. Right. And the flue is at the front. So all the smoke has to come across Mm -hmm. the food that you're cooking before it goes out. Can you ever add like a bundle of rosemary... Into the fire and the smoke would come over the food. You can, but it incinerates so quickly. So hot. It does right? so quickly. Hey, so hey, it Faith, can't, but won't flavor anything no, that way. No, no. I, I forgot to tell you, we invited ourselves over to Mark in the future. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> we did. And <laughs> you know what, Mark? I'll bring the shrimp 
already wrapped in the prosciutto if you have the sizzle platter. I have the sizzle platter. And Robin, I'll bring the headphones. You bring the recording equipment. We're going to do food schmooze at at Mark's house. In the garage. In the garage. I think all we're going to get is eating noises from us. (laughs) Might be my first time in a real man cave. Ooh. Yeah. Bring the cameras. I was say, bring the Febreze. Yeah. Mark yeah. is kind of fluffing up yeah. over there in the corner. Yeah. Wow. A he real likes that. man cave. He likes that. Okay, here's one thing that I wanted to mention. We were talking about shrimp uh, being wrapped with prosciutto. I noticed that what reminded me of our previous recipe is that I was going through the Food Network magazine, and I saw Love that, that they had done a weeknight cooking recipe with prosciutto-wrapped chicken. So if you're not into fish or whatever your story is, you don't have it, but you do have chicken, it's the same thing. You can just wrap your chicken breast. Two great flavors together there. Anything under it, you know, under that wrapping that you want, if you want to do basil leaves, if you want to put a little mustard or garlic cloves or sage, whatever you want to do, you just put it under there, wrap it with the prosciutto, and then start sautéing it in a pan. Yeah, we've done that with uh, chicken Tenders too. Oh, or yeah. put it on yeah, the grill. Right? We've done Wrap prosciutto up. with the basil, just like the shrimp, and chicken tenders, mm. and then just rolled them up and put them on the grill. I'm thinking so fig. Good. Delicious. Fig. Oh. oh, good idea. Oh, yeah. Add with a fig, little balsamic vinegar. A little sliced fig mm. under the prosciutto wrap, maybe? Are you writing this down? I am, but also coming out, right? The one thing you want to remember is you want to you want to make an an abundance of this because you want a little left over for the next day to either make in a sandwich or put on a salad. Agreed. So you want to you want to cook enough so you have enough left, and we love leftovers. Mm -hmm. Chop it up and put that over a nice bed of greens or shrimp or the chicken. Wait a minute, didn't we do that when we originally did that with the shrimp? When we originally did Mm -hmm. the shrimp recipe. We did that. We put three of these bundles on top of salad greens. Yeah. And it, it, we had a ball. Yeah. It was such huh. an easy way mm-hmm. to serve. And and really, that sort of unctuous, delicious, had everything going on. Yeah. And once you make them, it's simple. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. So more ideas at foodschmooze.org. Our wine is up there. Uh, the recipes for our next segment are going to be up there, too. We're going to be talking to the Kreitlers, who live in Milford, Connecticut, and they love food, they love to party, and they've got some ideas for you. So I can't wait to get to that. We love the local, so please support your local food growers and food makers. And for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week, and to find terrific food, wine, cocktails, restaurants, hot topics, our short, fun, streaming videos and recipes that we feature they're up there now we are always online talking with you at foodschmooze.org and as you know we'll be right back We 
have one more mouth-watering bite of the Fuchmoose coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on. More Fuchmoose. This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and the Hamptons. Of course, the senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations, all the ones we've been talking about in the show, all the ones from the past, they're always online at foodschmooze.org. Talk with us on Facebook, too. Search Faith Middleton. Okay, we are going to talk parties now, and we have something special coming up. We have a rhubarb spritz and some great, tasty party food. And when I say party, I mean it kind of loosely. <laughs> if you're just having friends over for the weekend, That's you don't have to be doing 10 or 20. Or It's that feeling of taking a few minutes just to do a little planning yeah. and make it a fun atmosphere for people, right? Yeah. I always throw smaller parties. I just like the intimacy of it. You know, four uh-huh. couples, five couples, that's it. Yeah, some other yeah. people will do 25. They're very brave. Yeah. Oh, those some, are fun, too. Some will do <laughs> those, those, I like going to those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, so in terms of food, you'll see a lot of styles where people will just do hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill, flip them, oh, off good. they go, mm-hmm. keep it simple. There's bowls of potato salad, maybe coleslaw, potato chips, lots of condiments, and there you go. Ice cream bars come out at the end. I love to do that. Or a big watermelon. And some I'm- of the stuff can be bought ahead of time. Like we picked up grinders this weekend and cut them in small pieces. Easy. You can buy like potato salad and yeah, still throw chips. it all together and you know use cold tablecloths and still feels like you put a lot you of work did into grinders it. and cut them up and yeah. serve so them in sections different, different yeah. kinds what yeah. a fun a idea different kinds you know we did italian cold cut sure. and you know and it's and was that the main course so we did a whole bunch of small little things chicken salad on crackers some cheeses and some fun bottles of wine you know in 20 minutes of planning we had a great sunday what i love about that story is how many people i know especially yours truly goes through, you know, days of work and then has people over infrequently because I think it has to be like this. I'm always lobbying to do what you're talking about. And so let's go get a couple pizzas and throw them on the table with a jug of wine and not worry about it. Just be together. That's the fun thing. People are still talking about your fried chicken. (laughs) And you even wrote a recipe. I went get in the car. <laughs> I went to um, I went to Popeyes and uh, I was I was um, in a kitchen in the bull league with um, Jacques and Gloria Pepin and and uh, oh all kinds of chefs and wonderful people. <laughs> And it was our turn, you know, we took turns doing, and we'd team up, a bunch of us, and it was our turn to have the whole gang, the whole, you know, league over for 
our picnic. And so I thought, yep. So we had hamburgers. We we yeah. did get really yeah. cool burgers that we had shipped in from yeah. someplace from, I think, yeah. Colorado or something. Yeah. And But I went to Popeye's because I think it's like the best And you had the fried fry chicken. Fresh you, I remember and they this, right? fried it fresh and the biscuits and went straight off, put it on platters, yeah. threw the boxes yeah. away. Put a little frying pan on the stove People with oil. were crazy. They just kept saying, you have to give us this recipe, the best fried chicken we've ever had. So I jokingly sent out a news release to people and said, uh, here's the recipe you all asked for, you know, number one, step one, get in the car, you know, kind of thing. And so one of the people is in the media, and so she put it in her newspaper column and it went without permission and it went everywhere. Faith's famous, famous fried chicken. Famous fried chicken. Thank you, Popeye. Okay, um, we're going to get to the real deal here for uh, summer party food and drink because we have somebody here who is one of the great home cooks I know, and that is Allison Kreitler. She's here also with her husband, Charlie Kreitler, who's been on the show on our finance show. Allison is a freelance recipe developer and food stylist. So welcome both of you to the show. It's great to have you on the Food Shows Party. Thank you. It's great to be here. I want to start with your cocktail, Allison, because I love this. It's a rhubarb spritz. So tell us how this goes. We just tasted it before the show, and we, we thought it was delicious. Go. Well, you were talking about simple foods, and this is actually really, really simple and easy to make. You can make the simple syrup. See, look, it even has the word simple in it in five minutes. So you just need some rhubarb, chop it up, about two cups in a two-quart pot with cup of water, cup of sugar, simmer it, five minutes, strain it through a fine mesh strainer, and you have so your the syrup. sugar and the water all mixed together, and it gets infused by the, the rhubarb. rhubarb. And so you've got the rhubarb flavor in what is a simple syrup. You know, when that cools down and you put it in a container, you could actually put that in iced tea or if you're not an alcohol drinker or sweeten a lot of different things with it. But so far, you've got now a rhubarb simple syrup that took yep. five minutes. Yeah. What did you do, then do to make it into a spritz? Um, which is- cooled it down and then just added one part rhubarb syrup to two parts seltzer over ice and um, so refreshing. squeeze a lemon. Oh, and I put a drop of vanilla in and a little lemon juice. It's really Refreshing. great. You could use vodka. You could use gin. Did somebody say rum? Yeah, Mark Raymond. Yeah, spiced rum. When he was with us, he said he thought spiced rum would be delicious in it. And if you don't drink, you could certainly add this to an iced tea, and it would be absolutely I fantastic. Just the way it was, though. No alcohol, just the way she it. Was it was a great mocktail. So, I mean, I didn't yeah, miss totally. the vodka. It was so good. Yeah. I'm wondering, I got little $2 uh, popsicle maker things. I wonder if you could pour that into a popsicle holder and then... Make refreshing rhubarb popsicles. That would be delicious. I might dilute it a little bit. It's pretty sweet. Well, it depends on how. Unless you're a hummingbird. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you talking to? Think about that. Okay. You have some other ideas for what to do with this rhubarb simple syrup. Well, I think it would be really good to use to sweeten fruit salad. Or you could make lemonade with it and use that as the sweetening component to freshly squeezed lemon juice. It'd be really good over like a white cake, especially if you if you really wanted to do a project, you could make a yellow or a white cake and brush it on and mm. do lemon curd between the layers and like a vanilla buttercream uh. and strawberries on top. Um, <laughs> so so what, when, when I'm, are we coming when over? I'm thinking about <laughs> pineapple slices, fresh pineapple slices Ooh. brushed with this simple syrup and then thrown on the grill, that would be delicious. the sugar of it would caramelize pretty oh, yeah. quickly. And then there's some natural sugar in the pineapple, but you'd 
have that little hint of rhubarb with a pineapple. That'd be good. That would be delicious. And Absolutely. then we'd use that to do yet another simple syrup <laughs> you could on top of it. even it, do pineapple kebabs brushed mm, on the grill. That's better than what I came up with. The rhubarb had that <laughs> no. beautiful pink color to it it's as very well. pretty so yeah. pretty okay so that's something in terms of drink for your party whether it's alcohol or non-alcohol and so we said to allison who's one of the best home cooks i know if you're having people over for drinks as a starter or even as you're just coming over for drinks people sitting out on the porch or on the lawn and you just want to serve a little something, whatever you want to do with this. Allison, you came up with a seasonal fruit. So here we are getting toward the end of July. A seasonal fruit with goat cheese, honey, and pine nuts. I love this combination. So go ahead. Tell me what you do. Well, again, it's really, really simple. Whatever fruit is in season. So this time of year, you can use plums, peaches, nectarines. You want them to be firm, but still ripe. So that even, even apples are around in the fall. Pears. In the fall, well, I apples think are, apples are still around. Are, from, yeah. You know, and some pears. Pears are around. Pears would be great. Asian pears work. Mm-hmm. Mango. Fig halves. So, um, so, and then what do you do with this? So, for the stone fruits and the round fruits, you just slice rounds off the sides, and then you lay them on a platter, so that forms your cracker. And then you mound a little goat cheese on top, and then you drizzle the whole thing with honey, drizzle it with a little like high-quality extra virgin olive oil, and then I sprinkled on toasted pine nuts and sea salt. Oh, nice. So... <laughs> It's kind of free form and easy and quick That's the and way I like it. seasonal. And you feel so healthy. Yeah. <laughs> no you crackers, know. no bread. I wonder if you could put it on watermelon. On watermelon slices, <laughs> like a little yeah. uh, I don't see why not. Or mel- or cantaloupe. Yeah. Ooh. So That'd you two you two have been eating kind of paleo in your lives, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, maybe. So maybe paleo light. Paleo? 75% paleo. <laughs> and so, and what does that mean to you? Or, or so what do you have? 100% paleo 80% of the time. Well, Charlie, Charlie, one, one time you said to me, well, what's so fun is that because we're eating paleo, we can have as much of it as we want. That's true. And, and, you know, so I, how do you eat? What, what are you eating for paleo? So we really just try to emphasize eating as much fresh and local food as we can. We try very hard to eat what's in season. And both because it's, I think, good for you, but also because it's delicious. And an example of that is a food that I just really don't care for in the winter months are tomatoes because you yeah. just can't get a good tomato. And then summer comes along and you have your first bite of the first oh, ripe oh. tomato of the year and it's just amazing. And you forget that all of those bad tomatoes so, you, you had as they were kind of weighing and, and looking What's your paleo eating style? So it would be some piece of protein. Protein and, and maybe a vegetable or and a salad. Yeah, yeah okay. So it could be any kind of meat, any kind of fish, and there you go. You're Uh-oh. off and running. And some vegetables. You're yeah. just staying away from the other carbs and low on the sugar. Yeah. As we get, as Except we when Charlie wants waffles for breakfast. That's 75% That's of the which, time. Which we try and dress up with some almond flour to give it a little more uh, more protein well, and a little fat to yeah, we get just, you through the day. We just had um, on the show, and you'll find this recipe online, oh, these yeah. three-ingredient gluten-free pancakes, pancakes. using uh, almond meal. Yeah. And so Love almond meal. It's Delicious. very kind of paleo-friendly. So, Charlie, you might check that out. You could probably even pour it into your waffle iron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I bet you could. 
So I have this idea. This is kind of wild for the food show, but because, first of all, Allison Kreitler, thank you so much for bringing these two things to us. Anytime. I, yeah. My pleasure. Okay, that's good. And, I'm and, so making that rhubarb drink. Yeah, and you're not so, even a rhubarb fan. I don't fan. like rhubarb, but now I have a use for it that I don't think well, I'm ever going to have. Well, you have tons of it, don't you? I have tons of it, and now I'm not going to have enough. <laughs> okay. Thanks. So, no so, problem. So let me, let me do this. Freeze this it. is Charlie Kreitler, and Charlie and Allison are, are married to each other. They have a couple kids that live in Milford, Connecticut. Uh, Charlie, since you're here and part of this, I, I want to make you sing for your supper. Because <laughs> it often happens in our house. So, so normally you would hear Charlie on the other show that I used to do, which which was the financial show. And he is a partner in um, Kreitler Financial in New Haven, affiliated with Raymond James. So can I pick your brain while you're here? This is how you sing for your supper. What's your key tip for us in regard to the economy? What would you say to do? So one of the things that is happening today is I mean, we're in this period of absolutely intense uncertainty, and a lot of this is being driven by this extremely low interest rate environment. And every time we think that the interest rates can't get lower, it suddenly seems that they do. I, I read the, uh, that back in June, we hit a figure of something in the neighborhood of $10 trillion worth of debt around the world now has a negative interest rate. Wow. And this is something we've simply never had before. So how does that affect everybody? Well, I, I think there's some big question marks hanging over there. We're, we're all under the assumption that central bankers around the world have the wisdom, have the experience to help us pull through this. But there is this law of unintended consequences. And in the meantime, the markets remain very unstable. We have a lot of politics causing stocks to swing up and down pretty violently during a period where they've really just done nothing but move sideways for quite some time. So what does that mean for us? For the average person, it means that this type of big market swing is unfortunately likely to continue. And we need to make sure that we're doing a couple of things. One is that we need to make sure that the level of risk that we've taken, in, if we're fortunate enough to have investments, is appropriate. And then we can sleep at night if we go through these big movements over very short periods of time. We don't want to be trying to guess what's going to happen next week and try and anticipate and act on that. So the idea is not to hear about somebody who made a killing doing X and then follow suit and think, I need to do that too. I want to go where the quote-unquote smart money is. You're saying it's a roller coaster kind of situation right now. So we like to say that we're going to focus on the things that you can control. There's so many things we can't control. I can't control the weather. I can't control what mood my children are going to be when I get home. But I can control how much I'm saving, how much I'm spending. I can control how much risk I'm going to put into my life so that I can weather those big ups and downs. And if you do it right, we can make it so that life is actually pretty enjoyable and we can make sure that we have the time to go focus on things like food with friends. Okay, so so mm -hmm. your idea is that we save as much as we can and careful with the risk. I really like to see a young person trying to save at least 10% of what they earn. That gets them just ahead of the game so that life is a lot easier later. And then as, if we get a little older, we really need to make sure we're taking a, an opportunity to say, hey, am I on track? Uh, there's some wonderful resources online where you can sort of like understand, well, how much should I be saving given how much I have saved? And in fact, we some years ago were involved in a study 
that people can access on the Kreitler Financial website, which will help give them some ideas to what a rate might be appropriate for them. You're doing a good job singing for your supper. <laughs> well, when, when, he... when Allison's around, supper's worth singing for. <laughs> oh. So I just, I thought to myself, this is too uh, rich. You know, this is too much to have him sitting here and not, take advantage. you know, like, you take advantage <laughs> of him in some way. Exactly. So this is dessert. You're in good company, Charlie Kreitler, and thank you so much of Kreitler Financial. And Allison Kreitler, who is a freelance recipe developer and oh, you can see why and food stylist <laughs> thank you for giving us the recipes for the cocktail the rhubarb spritz which is the rage right now all these spritzes these european spritzes thank you everybody we're on wnpr thursdays at three and saturdays at noon weekdays listen for my 60 second food schmoozes and join the conversation with us we're always up for a good time online at foodschmooze.org in new haven i'm faith middleton This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.